T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome in. Uh, BMAS and Beamer, Brian Masroski, Joe Beamer here with you on WBEN. Uh, Joe, happy to be back here with with you. Hey, Brian, welcome back. Glad that uh, you are back here with us on this Wednesday, already four days into the new year. Yeah, a, a, a long drive, which I will get to at some point. You are crazy for doing all these uh, these drives. That I, ah. it's, At some point, we'll unpack that. But uh, first, we're uh, going to go live to Cincinnati. Alan Skaya is with KRLD, and uh, he is in Cincinnati, and has been kind of watching this story unfold, uh, and he joins us live on the line now. Alan, uh, first off, thanks so much for being with us, and I, I just want to start with what brought you into Cincinnati in the first place, and what have you been doing over the last 48 hours or so? I grew up in Dayton, uh, a few miles up the road, and so I was actually still home for Christmas. And uh, the family and I, we were watching the, the, the Bengals-Bills game on Monday night, just having a good time. And then we saw what happened, and that's you sort of go back into reporter mode after that. And so, uh, yeah, the station and the network, they sent me down to Cincinnati. They, I've been kind of uh, spending time with the media gaggle that's been gathered outside the hospital here ever since. I, I think a lot of people, and uh, myself included, are curious as to what exactly that looks like there. Uh, because there's so many people who want information. At the same time, you, you know, you, you can't just manufacture, you know, information about what is going on. Things take time, and when there is something to pass along, it will happen. So in between that happening, what does it look like down where you are? They've got the media uh, across the street from the hospital itself. And so when players or family members, when they come in, uh, they sort of duck through. They can come out and talk to us if they want to, uh, but they can kind of uh, sneak through and, and not have to deal with us. There's a memorial that, or there's a vigil that uh, I don't, it's hard to describe, but people are leaving candles, cards um, across the street from the hospital as well. So that's kind of where all the media has been has been gathered. And so that's when we've been talking to people who have been, a lot of people say they just wanted to do something. They wanted to, they wanted to show their support somehow, even if they didn't, even if they don't know Hamlin, they still wanted to do something to, uh, to, to, to honor him, to, to, to let his family know that at this point, it's not Bengals versus Bills anymore. It's we're all in this together. Alan, uh, you're outside the hospital, and, you know, right after this happened, right after um, DeMar got to the hospital, we kept hearing about this press conference that is yet to happen. Are are you hearing anything? Are we going to find out more today? Are we going to hear from personnel at the hospital today? What have you heard? Hamlin's uncle actually did come out, and he talked to us for a little bit last night. He said he gave us an update 
uh, on, he said, uh, uh, Hamlin is trending upward is the phrase that he used. But he said he's still heavily sedated. No idea yet when he'll be able to, to start thinking about recovery, when he'll be able to, to, get, to get out of here. Uh, but uh, he said he's still heavily sedated, saying that because of the amount of CPR, you might have seen the video uh, from, from that game on the field there, that they were doing CPR for so long. And he said that he went into cardiac arrest when he got to the hospital, too. So they had to do CPR again. So he said, like, the, the, one of the biggest issues right now is uh, damage to his lungs because of all the CPR they had to do to, to, to keep him alive. He said, uh, if not for the doctors and for the paramedics, though, he doesn't know if, if Hamlin would still be with us. And so uh, he said he's grateful to the people of Cincinnati, to the doctors here. But, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a long road to recovery. But he is, uh, in his words, trending upward. Speaking with uh, Alan Skyas with KRLD Radio and uh, is in Cincinnati. And Alan, I, I was down there for the game and I uh, was there, you know, the day before. And the one thing that I was saying, uh, my friends who were there with me, that we were saying was that, wow, you know, everyone's so nice here. Like, it's uh, really great people uh, around this town. And uh, they were so nice to us um, and to all the Bills fans who were down there for the game, and I feel like you're still seeing that outside of the facility where Hamlin is, that you have such a nice city of people looking to, in any way, kind of show their support. One of the things I noticed in that first vigil Monday night and then at the one last night, too, is that it was people wearing Bengals jerseys standing arm-in-arm with people in Bills jerseys, too. Uh, and that's, There was one woman I talked to yesterday. She said uh, you know, it's like, I hate the Bills on the field right now, right? Like once the rivalry starts, I hate the Bills again. <laughs> but but right now here in this is real life, we all love each other right now. And I think that's one of the messages that, that people here want to send is that, you know, for as, for as hot as this rivalry has gotten in, in a very short amount of time, you know, you've got two teams having a great season. But right now they're putting all that aside because they need to focus on the person who's inside the hospital right now. Any uh, organized events outside the hospital? You know, we've seen the prayer vigils. We've seen people show up. Any organized uh, events for today to bring people back together uh, across the street from the hospital? You know, I haven't seen anything organized for today just yet, but that might happen. A lot of these have been coming on in, in, in short succession. And so uh, if something does happen, it might be just kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. I understand the Bengals are going to have their first full day back. I'm not sure, a practice or... Uh, what exactly they'll be doing, but they're at least kind of gathering and doing a walkthrough and expected to play again Sunday. I, I know players have been down there by the stadium. I, I just that's got to be so tough to be, um, you know, maybe a, any NFL player, but especially one who was on the field and watching that whole situation kind of go out. Is anything being said over what to expect and what these players or teams are saying about going forward? You know, trying to get these players back, folks, again, because of, like what you said, what, the, what they've all gone through, what they've all seen, I would suspect today might be a lighter practice where they all can kind of just sort of get back into the swing of things. But part of them, too, they might want to move on. They might want, they might want something that can take their mind off of what happened, being on the field there with them that night. Uh, so it, it might be kind of a balance they're trying to strike, that they, 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 do, they, they do want to recognize that, that Hamlin is still in the hospital, that, that, that a guy who they all know um, – is, is struggling right now, but they also might just want something that can take their mind off it. The NFL commissioner did say that this game is not going to be made up this week, that the Week 18 schedule is not going to be affected, but they're not going to try to make up this game before 
before the Bengals and Bills move on this Sunday. Well, Alan, uh, really do appreciate uh, you taking the time to join us this morning, and uh, you know, glad to have you down there. Alan Skaya with KRLDs in Cincinnati, down by the stadium, and uh, appreciate it. Thanks so much, and uh, maybe we'll talk with you again uh, soon. I, it is. I think it's a tough situation. I, I did want to, you know, hit this at some point. Maybe now is the best point to do it, Joe. And we were talking about this a little bit, you know, before we came on the air. Um, because I've seen so much. Um, to give you an example, I, I was very much out of the loop. I, I thought it was funny. You know, I was uh, on here yesterday morning uh, on over at WGR, and they, they wanted to talk with me about what it was like in the stadium. And I, I understand that part of it. You want to see, like, what people, what the atmosphere was like, um, how people were reacting to that. Um, I, I, on the same hand i i was maybe the least informed person you know uh, right. myself and a- anybody who was there had no idea what was really going on um you barely had you know what it's like inside of a big crowded you go to the arena you go to the stadium you don't really have cell reception that well there's so many people there so no one really knew what was going on at the time um and, and then you know, as uh, information started to filter out and, you know, we kind of got this, I, I was kind of stunned to see what was going on on TV when we ended up uh, making our way, walking back to where we were staying. And, you know, they've got people obviously talking about the situation. And I, I'll see this from time to time about how somebody will be, oh, did you see what, you know, so-and-so said, or, you know, some media personality or how could you be so insensitive about this i i just think it's a really rough situation to be in these people who are on tv or commentating 24 7 about a situation that joe honestly what is there to say right i mean i, I mean what is there to say other than i hope at the end of this this person is okay yes and that's all you can say. So, you know, when you have media people or, or whoever else, they're kind of forced to talk about this more and more. And, you know, at some point in the last 48 hours of nonstop talking about something where there is nothing to say, they'll probably say something stupid at some point. Right. And, and I, I have a hard time kind of faulting that because they're, they're put in a bad position. And the same thing kind of goes for all the comments. You know, I, I see the texts coming through. You see the internet comments like, oh, well, this or the, that means that's good news or, oh, that or that doesn't sound like uh, that's a good sign or, or something like that. You, you don't know anything and, and nobody knows anything. And there's there is no point in speculating about what this potentially means for recovery or what it doesn't mean or anything like that. I I really would like if people could just kind of understand that when there is an update to pass along, it it will be conveyed to people. Yeah. It, instead of just kind of going through this endless well, what does that mean? What does this mean? Is it looking, you know, how is he this hour or that hour? I, 
there are some things, and I understand your people have a constant need for the latest information, the refresh, refresh, refresh. Uh, you have the phone uh, right av available to you in your pocket. There are some things that uh, you can just kind of wait, and we all want to hear uh, something positive. We're all hoping to hear some sort of good news, but I... It, you don't have to force it. You know, that, that will hopefully come when it comes. Um, and I, I don't know, like the this constant speculation about what these little tidbits of news mean. I, it gets to me sometimes, you know, uh, reading the comments that people put out. There. Right. I mean, the only people that know what's going on are the people who are there um, treating uh, DeMar Hamlin. And w when they have news to tell us, they'll tell us. I mean, I, I, believe me, Brian, I am probably the most guilty of clicking the refresh button on Twitter, hoping to see an, uh, some updated news, you know, ho hoping to see something. But when they have the news, believe me, they will let us know, probably in that press conference they've been talking about. Uh, I do want to ask you, and I, I know you've done a lot of talking about being there, uh, but being at the stadium, you know, because on TV, obviously the players are, are all around. You saw nothing that was going on on the field. When did you, or did you, uh, looking down on the field, being there in the stadium, get this feeling of, okay, this isn't normal? What was the first sign of, well, this isn't normal, this isn't what I usually see? I mean, it took a long time. It took a long, because you're so used to seeing it, right? I mean, you, you are used to, I, I, was, I was there with uh, my friend who's a high school football coach, and at one of his games that I went to this past year, there was a student on the field who was taken in an ambulance. I don't know what exactly happened, uh, some sort of injury, but he was taken away in an ambulance at, at a high school game, and then... They continued on playing. It You've become so desensitized to that type of scene. It takes a long time, you know, without the benefit of, I think everyone at home, they were showing the shots, and then you see the players' faces to, that, you know, kind of conveyed a different type of emotion right. than what you would normally see. I Without that... It all kind of blended in. It wasn't until, like, okay, this is going on for a while. This is pretty serious. And then, right, somebody I had, uh, you know, down a few rows, uh, I think, below us, seen, oh, he collapsed and, you know, had a video that was watching it on their phone and saying, oh, you know, he kind of collapse the ground and that's when you know it kind of like clicks and you go into that like thousand yard stare mode like oh uh you know this is not something you've ever seen before not anything you would have ever expected it it really was uh kind of surreal to you know be in that stadium that is just the loudest place you've ever been and 10 minutes later uh, to kind of go into this silent confusion type of mode that I will not forget. Oh, I, yeah, I, you know, anytime soon. Um, and you, you were at something similar. Richard Zednick, and that is something I'll never forget. You know, you talk about the silence of the stadium, the silence of the arena. 
is something I will never forget. When I walk into that arena, that, that building, every time I think back to 08, Richard Zednick and just the stream of blood that was on the ice. And um, it, 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 very similar. Um, now, again, that didn't last as long because Richard Zednick was going off the ice when, you know, and they chased they chased him into the locker room and, and, and did work on him and got him to the hospital. Um, but it was so quiet in that building, even when play resumed, that quietness, that just eerie silence um, stayed. It's something that will always stay with me. And you said to me yesterday when I uh, was talking to you on the phone, um, and you mentioned that, you know, I'd imagine it was kind of similar. And I just said, like, I don't think so. Only because you knew what was going on. I mean, you could kind of clearly see everyone in that building kind of had a clear idea of what happened. Yeah. You know, it was cut uh, by a skate blade. In this, no one, at least who I was near in that building, really had any idea uh, of what had happened and what was going on. And still the walking out of the building, I, I think there was still a lot of that confusion and, uh, you know, now all of a sudden a game is canceled, which never happens. I mean, it never happens. Never happened. I mean, the Zednik game wasn't canceled. They went and kept on playing. People have been paralyzed on a football field. They continue the game. It it never happens. I think people were just kind of stunned and, you know, a, a real level of worry of you know, what did we just see here uh, walking out of that stadium that, like I said, just an hour or so before was one of the all-time great environments yeah. that I can remember being in, of just everyone being so happy, so arm-in-arm arm with each other. I uh, What uh, he was saying about Bengals and Bills fans together, that was – it's not just the case because of this. I mean, that was the case the entire weekend uh, that I was there. Everyone joking with each other, having a good time, uh, to all of a sudden that. Uh, it not something I, I will uh, soon forget. I mean, the, the, the change in the mood and the focus of the game, you know, I uh, for four hours, from two to six, I was talking about how amped for the game I was, Brian, how this is the most important Monday night game. And, you know, in an instant, it went from, oh, my gosh, the game to uh, let's just let's let's I don't care about the game. Let's care. Let's worry about Tamar Hamlin and uh, his recovery. And it's, it catches you so off guard because you're walking in there, and throughout the weekend you have, like, an idea of the possible outcomes. Yeah. You know, what's a, what's a possible outcome of what you're going to see? Well, you know, the Bills could get blown out in this game. Um, you know, it could be a tight one, could be really exciting. You know, we could win. It, it'll be a great thing. You know, we'll be all happy on the drive home. Uh, this doesn't even come into the realm no. of things that you would be expecting to happen as you go to a football game. No, uh, not at all. I think that's everybody at that game had that similar, you know, what confusion and uh, just kind of a, a stunned look about them over what just happened here. You know, I, you mentioned the Bengals doing a walkthrough or, or getting together as a team today, right, um, at the stadium. And uh, Alan mentioned it. Do you think that's where a lot of players are? I mean, try to put yourself in a player's mindset of this, hey, let's get on the field, let's play for DeMar, let's let's get out there, let's get back to some sense of normalcy. Do you think that's on the minds of some of the players here in Buffalo? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what do you 
I think you want to get back to some sense of normalcy. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Do, the the play for DeMar, um, the, you know, anytime somebody gets in, you kind of always hear that, right? You know, let's uh, yeah. play it for him. Like, I, I just, I feel like that falls pretty flat on, you know, a lot of levels, given it, the, uh, you know, the weight of the situation right. that played out right in front of you. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine after kind of seeing what it was like down on the field, even the thought of getting back and, and playing that game or playing any time, right, in oh yeah in, in the near future. There's no way they no way they would have gotten back on that field and been able to play. But it, and it would be the same thing, right? If that happened in your office, I mean, if that happened where you work or any other part of your day, like I, then you kind of. What do you do? You go about your business. Um, yeah. You know, do you return to work right away, like as if this never happened? I, it's impossible to do that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, be talking more about this and uh, taking your calls at eight zero three zero nine thirty when we get back. Beam as and Beamer on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So we're back here, Brian Mazeroski and Joe Beamer on WBEN. Uh, there is an update to, you know, here's I'm uh, saying, you know, the updates, updates, updates. They'll be there when it becomes uh, available. Um, but the, to kind of clarify, and this is uh, this is part of why I get bothered with like the constant, like any little bit of information goes out there, and then it gets often misinterpreted, right, or maybe miscommunicated, and gives people perhaps the wrong impression. Right. Uh, I, I just I, I like to avoid that kind of stuff, but this is being reported from uh, Coley Harvey, who's an ESPN reporter, that there is some clarification um, that there had been some miscommunication in terms of the number of times DeMar Hamlin was resuscitated. And they said there was only one instance of that happening. That was at the stadium. Okay. Where it had been reported that it happened multiple times at the hospital. But this is kind of the... When you're relying on um, 
you know, impromptu spokespeople, right? I mean, somebody who was not supposed to be in this position, you know, hours ago. Now, all of a sudden, I'm the point person for the national media looking for information about the family. And you're still confused, right, about what's going on, that this type of miscommunication can happen. Uh, But they did say, um, and this is uh, Jordan Rooney, who is kind of this uh, spokesperson acting as such over the last uh, 48 hours, that uh, the family says doctors got promising news overnight on the condition. So that is good news, right? Um, And it will bring you any updates But I I do want to caution people about overreacting to bits of information or speculation that's out there because, right, this is the type of thing that can happen. A a little bit of miscommunication or something that gets misinterpreted and uh, all of a sudden you kind of have one uh, feeling (laughs) over another uh, that might be a little misguided and kind of hoping to, uh, you know, go against that. I... The first responder, it, it never ceases to amaze me how quick to action people are, how they're able to identify what's happening and know the correct course of action in under a minute's time and then act to give hopefully life-saving treatment in just such a boom, boom, boom. And I brought this up. As we were talking with Dan Everett Jr., who kind of you know goes through a lot of these training exercises, right? Erie County Emergency Services Commissioner, just about how even the skill to recognize what's happening on the field. People fall down on football fields all the time, right? I mean, we see it like oftentimes for nothing. Like it could be a leg cramp, yeah. you know, and and somebody will go down, just like hang on, pause this. We need uh, some sort of a attention or just to hold on for a second and for somebody to be watching from the side, you know, all this commotion being going on to watch it from the sidelines and to, you know, recognize somebody going down is more than just a a leg cramp or, or something else that you are more used to seeing that happens every single game, right? That you would have every reason to believe would be the case to recognize it as something more serious to kind of have that diagnosis, right, uh, of sorts, and go and give that life-saving assistance, it amazes me. And I, I it really does make you think twice. And we were, um, I, I think it was maybe the day that you were out Friday last week, Joe, um, or in later in the in the day, and uh, I took a call from somebody when we were talking about people in the blizzard situation and how there is certain training that you can go through, whether it's CPR or just other kind of like survival training that's just so good to have for yourself or for somebody else. Um, You know, if you're in a blizzard situation, you see your neighbor is out there next to you shoveling snow, and the worst happens, to be able to go in and provide some sort of care when you're not easily able to 
get there is, I mean, it's an amazing skill to have. And I feel like this and the Blizzard situation might be making people think a little bit more about seeking that out. I'm telling you, I said yesterday, this one of the first things they saw on uh, on Twitter uh, was, you know, this should be the push for everyone to go and get CPR certification. And Brian, I have to be honest, it's something I never thought about in my life. Uh, but you know what? Why not? Why not go get the certification? And not only so I have it if something shall happen to in a situation I'm in, but hopefully more and more people get it in case something happens to me in a situation I'm in and I need that life-saving, um, you know, uh, help uh, given. So I, I yesterday we uh, we talked about this and I have looked at a few upcoming classes and Brian, I think I'm going to go in and I urge everyone it's it's cheap and really it, it could be between life and death. 8030930 um if this is you or or if there's advice to somebody out there who's looking to learn a little bit more to equip themselves to potentially save somebody a stranger a family member uh if the worst were to happen if a freak accident like what we saw right uh, on the field on Monday night were to happen and i you know i got a, lot, a little bit of insight into this and it was interesting to me to, because you keep on uh, you, hearing about first aid classes, you know, actual certifications, you know, things that lifeguards need. And it can sound pretty daunting. You, we see the defibrillator devices everywhere now. I, I mean, it's so different than when we were kids. I, mean, I never saw that. They're, they're in every building. They're We've got one here. On every floor, um, you know, in every separate office. They, they're everywhere, and it still does seem, I think, a little daunting to a lot of people to, well, you know, a whole certification, like, this is a lot of information to take in, am I able to do it? You know, this, they look at the defibrillator as this kind of complex piece of equipment that I don't want to misuse, yes. right? Um, that I, I'm scared I, I would do more damage. But more reason to take the class. So you don't. Sure, but even without that, um, in speaking, we were talking with the American Heart Association earlier this morning, and, and then getting some of the comments in from uh, people who were texting in 8030930. I it doesn't seem as daunting as uh, people were describing the defibrillators as almost um, foolproof. The way that they have the instructions, in some cases, speaking out to you on the device. Um, listed right there exactly where to place it, how to use it, uh, so you can kind of be sure you're not causing more damage. And then with the American Heart Association talking about CPR, they're like, yeah, it's great. You know, take a CPR class. Like, I wish everyone was certified. But even if you don't want to do that, to watch like a two-minute video and you don't have to learn the entire process to be able to be helpful in an emergency situation. A compression-only CPR to the beat of a song that you know and can learn in a quick two minutes just to kind of be there. Uh, I, I think a lot more people would be looking for that. And, and I, I think it was nice to know that it's not as inaccessible as you might think. You don't have to have a trained right. person on hand to be able to do this uh, and that's kind of new information, I think, to a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, obviously, I, 
I think more and more people are going to go seek that training, Brian. But yes, it, it is uh, refreshing to know, okay, this this isn't impossible. It's not impossible to use the defibrillator if you need to. And um, yeah, this morning um, from the uh, American Heart Association, uh, one of the songs, uh, Hips Don't Lie by Shakira, uh, you can use and, and compression CPR. So that's all good information that I, we got to get out there. And I, I think this has pushed a lot of people to getting that information, Brian, watching those videos uh, that you're talking about. And because what have we heard about Demar Hamlin's situation? You know, his life was saved because people who knew what they were doing were able to get to him within within seconds. And as you said, there was no, oh, what do we do? What do we do? They knew exactly what they had to do. And they went right to it and got right to work. And that is why he is on this path to recovery today. And I hope, I just hope this pushes more people to at least look into it. As you said, Brian, get this information so you can use the tools that we have if if needed. If it's if it's you and someone else and that someone else needs that help, um, it'd be very nice to at least know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and again, the, the latest information is kind of clarifying some misinformation that was out there, uh, things that weren't. Uh, handle. I, I, I'm trying to things that were not communicated the same. Um, and this is coming from a report this morning that, uh, according to Demar's family, uh, doctors got some promising news overnight. And the reports, and, and it's not just a report. I think it actually came from a family member outside of the hospital who said that he had to be resuscitated multiple times. Um, that was not necessarily the case only one instance of that happening and that was at the stadium uh and i'm thinking again that uh that's just a clarification out there and they they wanted to get out news that could be seen as as positive uh which is again great to hear uh i've seen a lot joe of people kind of once again you're, you're bringing into and for years this was mostly talking about head injuries but the the violence in football and is the sport too violent and i think what's strange about this is that what happened on the field is almost like a freak accident yes you know you hear a, a doctor describe it and it's a, a millisecond here or there would have had no outcome Right, it would not have had this impact likely if you listen to what doctors are saying. And to me, it's that what we were talking about in the first segment. It's not so much the incident on the field, but the reaction to it that would bring me to this, you know, violent aspect of this. The the rea- immediate reaction to even seeing an ambulance come on the field is nonchalant i think for a lot of people as i was looking around the stadium of everybody watching this before you were able to grasp the severity um it, it was almost par for the course yeah, there was an ambulance the last time the bills were on a monday night game right it, it's that part gets a little troubling you know when you when you really think about that like what was my reaction when i saw the ambulance on the field it was well i'm you know i'm sure it'll be okay because yes. that's what always happens yep it's what always seems to happen. You know, oh, this, this sucks. I feel awful, but I'm, I'm sure he's going to go get the best help and he'll be okay. And, and you're almost conditioned to, well, he'll be okay. 
Because it always happens. You'll always hear the news that he's going to be okay. Uh, and, and to not get that was, I, I think, the shocking part uh, of this whole thing. And th- to have that reaction in the first place. Like maybe there is something to the sport being too violent or, uh, you, you know, to that point. And I, I don't really know how you how you've changed that at all. You know, isn't interesting because growing up, you know, football and football is it's a contact sport. You, you know, I mean that's your the point is to play until someone's down on the ground. But Brian, I feel like when I was a kid, maybe this is just me. Uh, hockey was always the the one that people were saying was, you know, that's a real violent sport, right? You get someone, you throw them into the boards, you know, um, you know, and that was the sport. Oh gosh, we, you know, the stop sign on the jersey on the back of your jersey. This is the real violent sport. But football, it is a violent sport. I mean, that, again, the point of the of the game is to play until someone is on the ground. That's the point of the, of the game. It, yeah. it is a violent sport. And, hey, we've taken a lot of measures to, to make it safer, obviously, with pads and helmets and everything. Um, it is a violent sport. The problem is, as you said, with the hit that, um, that put Damar Hamlin um, down, uh, it just looked like it looked like your everyday hit. Right. I mean, it looked like nothing special or nothing more severe than the play before. And I think that's what's got a lot of people questioning, you know, and as you said, it doctors have said this is that one millisecond off. If it was any other time he would have gotten up, we'd be playing. It's just any hit, I guess. Um, But I mean, do you change football? Is that is that the call? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what the proper reaction to. I, I, and that's what I think a, a lot of people were struggling with and brought up in the last segment. Um, you know, people who are they were criticized for talking about the game. You know, will the game be played? Will the game be made up? And I, you know, I won't criticize anybody who's talking about that or or looking at it through that lens because you don't know what to. I mean, this whole thing is unprecedented almost yes. in uh, you know modern times right it's we've it, never been here before it, it is not something you're used to seeing and even in instances where uh, you know you mentioned uh, Christian Erickson who I know uh, Dr. Metzler mentioned uh, yesterday here who just a couple years ago uh, collapsed on the field um, you know a similar cardiac events had to be resuscitated on the field in front of millions of people watching even that, you know, just a couple hours later, you got a photo of him in the hospital, you know, doing the, I can't remember if it was the thumbs up or, but you had this sense very quickly after that, okay, it's, you know, things are going to be okay at the end. And you kind of move on past that. Yeah. Chris Pronger took a slap shot in 98. He was tweeting about that yesterday. And in all these cases, you got a, Pretty speedy resolution, you know. At the, right, you you had at least some sense that things were going to be okay pretty quickly after it happened, and then you kind of moved on. And I think as of right now, like every everyone's just on pause because they want that until you have that sense of resolution right. uh, that you can kind of move on from that uh, comfort of positive news. I, I don't know how you move on. So it, it is kind of tough to talk. It is tough to figure out what they're going to do next, right. um, where they're going to go. 
but I, I find it hard to fault anybody for going in any direction, right? Because it, it is such a confusing, unprecedented situation. And yeah, I keep on saying when when we get that positive news, I, I do think um, I, I do think it'll not make it be easier because obviously, I mean, Sunday people are going to be thinking about this. Obviously, this is what people are going to be thinking about when they think about this season. They will be thinking about uh, what happened on Monday. But I, I think people are really just waiting, as you said, Brian, for that positive news. And this idea that football is violent, again, it's it's the game. Um, you know, again, the, the point is to play until someone's on the ground. But think of the four major sports in, in America and, and throw, throw soccer in there, too. This could have happened in any of the five sports. You know what I mean? This could have happened in any sport. It has. Right. It's happened with baseball. In, in some... It's happened in hockey. It's happened in soccer. I'm sure there's a story in basketball, um, but it's happened in every sport. It's not a football-specific thing. I, I think that um, is a point that needs to be made as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. When if the conversation goes that way, you know, the violence of I, I don't know if you can look at this one incident. Um, I I would look at the reaction, right to, to what happened, um, the reaction to seeing. Uh, people rush over to somebody's aid, the reaction to seeing an ambulance, um, you know, that it would take minutes uh, after the sight of an ambulance for you to kind of say, oh, this is serious. Like that in and of itself kind of is enough to give you a little bit of pause. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But it it was surreal. It it is nothing I think I'll ever forget is just the, the swing of emotions, the walking out of that stadium. Right, and uh, just kind of seeing everybody's face, so happy. Just uh, a few short moments ago, uh, you know, walking out in confusion, just uh, very silent in that long walk out of the stadium. Can't say enough, though, about the the people all weekend long. Again, I mentioned it with our guest earlier in the show. The, The people of Cincinnati are great. I And I think the Bills are there next year, if I know the schedule right. I, I would recommend it to everybody. Um, you know, we drove. It's, uh, you know, a flight might be a little easier to handle given the weather. or You know, but it, the people were great. They remind me a lot of us. Um, they remind me a lot of Bills fans. Super friendly to everybody. They know how to have a good time and uh, support their team and uh, really welcome you with open arms. They, You could tell they enjoyed the rivalry, and they reminded me a lot of the Bills, Joe, because – like us, they didn't take uh, being good for granted is how I would describe kind of their attitude toward it. They were happy to have this game that mattered. Um, And I think happy to have it against the Bills. You know, another team who has kind of long been an afterthought and now all of a sudden is right in the middle of the the big stage. Happy to, right, have (laughs) that here and share it with Bills fans. I thought that was really cool. It was on display all weekend. It's on display right now with the, the continued outpouring of support. Um, and during the situation, is everyone was so understanding. I don't know if you get that everywhere. You know, if you go to another city, if they, you know, a, a, such a hyped-up game, and they tell everybody to go home, I, I, I don't know if you get that reaction everywhere. That reaction of, like, yeah, like we completely understand, and uh, we'll walk out with you. Like 
that's tough. Uh, talking to every Bills fan and, uh, you know, trying to make sense of it all. I, I, I think you go to a lot of places and you might get like, oh, come on, you can't be serious. Like, uh, get them back on the field or something like that. I, I really do think that would be the, the response in a lot of other places. But not there. It was a great town, and, and I would recommend to uh, anybody – uh, looking to go there next year, or, you know, kind of thinking about that. Yeah, and we uh, we thank Cincinnati. You know, for our second night, Brian, they lit up the uh, the city uh, blue and red for the Bills as well. Uh, keep it here. We'll have uh, as the updates come in on Demar Hamlin, we will bring them to you. Uh, David Bellavia is next. Beamaz and Beamer will be back tomorrow at nine o'clock here on News Radio nine thirty WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 